From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello and welcome to episode 223 of the Anxiety Project podcast. I am Brad Robinson. Let's talk about these great questions sent in from you guys about anxiety. And well, what can I say? These are great questions. You guys really hit it out of the park today. I mean, Lorraine, with her first question, this is a really big one. I am worried I will be stuck in this fear loop forever. I feel like I have no control over my thoughts and movements. I feel like I am going crazy. I am emotionally numb. Please help. And Lorraine, it sounds like you are experiencing depersonalization. Depersonalization is a subcategory of anxiety. Now, to understand depersonalization, well, you pretty much already understand it because you're living it, right? The, the feeling numb, um, I feel like you're in third person, not being able to control your bodily movements, uh, your speech even, or the thoughts running through your head. And so, yes, Lorraine, when you try and control this response from the amygdala, and the fact that you can't control it only adds fuel to your anxiety. Before I tell you what to do, Lorraine, let's understand this at a deeper level. The amygdala has responded to something in your existence, thought, or it could be something happened to you or an experience that happened. And it responded with fear, extreme emotion. And you're sent into this PTSD-like state where you feel all of these symptoms and you don't know what to do. And the amygdala is operating to keep you safe. Like That's really important to know. You're in this defense mechanism produced by the amygdala. Now, what are you, are you being defended by? Well, that's hard to say, Lorraine, because I don't know you know, any, your story completely, obviously, but I would say that there have been situations that have led up to this moment. Uh, things probably have happened to you. Um, you could have done something that you regret or a tragedy might've occurred in your life, or there's just too much chaos around you. And here's the thing about health anxiety. Sometimes it manifests, and usually the case, it manifests when there's just too much around you to grapple with, too many dragons to slay at one time. And so your anxiety response is so, is at a level 10 because there's too much. And when it's at a level 10, Anxiety produces a wide range of bodily symptoms that can seem strange and it can seem like you're unhealthy. It can seem like you're sick or dying even. And when those come up and when those present itself, you react to those symptoms with extreme negative emotion. And now you've attached fear to the symptoms and the fear to not being in control and so whenever you feel like you're not in control, whenever you feel like you have a body, pake, a body ache, a pain, body zap, 
or shallow depth of field racing heart, you know, you react to them with the thought of, oh, I'm having a heart attack. Oh, what if I faint? What if I lose control and die? What if this happens? What if I have cancer? And so, yes, it's 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 an onion to peel back because the cause of your anxiety might not be the pain that you react to itself. It might have been to other circumstances in your life. So how you overcome this, Lorraine, the first thing I can say is that you have to work with somebody in order to peel back the layers of your life. And one way to do that, Lorraine, is to be honest and open about what's currently happening with you. Well, what's going on with work? Did something happened in your relationship? Did something tragic happen to you? When did this anxiety start? What was your childhood like? Sure, there's a lot of that to un- unravel. But also what you have to do, Lorraine, is stop caring about not being in control when you're in depersonalization. Now, this is a very, very tricky thing to do, but not really. You just have to let it go because the more you fight with it, the more it's going to stay alive. So I recommend that you talk yourself into a more relaxed state as best that you can. Because it's hard because the amygdala has taken over. But you just have to understand that, look, I am in this fear response mode. I can't control it because this system is more sophisticated than my rational cortical brain. So what do you do? (sighs) If it kills me, let it kill me. So what? So what if I... I, I feel all of these things at once. It's like, it's a, it's a lot, Lorraine, but you just have to let it go. Learn to relax in the midst of the chaos. You have to start to speak to yourself too, and I recommend you journal. Be honest. How do you feel? Oh, I feel terrible. I feel like there's so much chaos. I feel like this. And write down all of the, all of the negative thoughts. Start to get more in tune with that internal voice. And... Become your own best friend. Be somebody you actually want to take care of. Take care of yourself in the best way possible. And one of the ways is to, well, give back to yourself. Start to relax. Do things that start to push you out of your comfort, but also relax and activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest system. Okay, so meditation, that's good. Walks in nature, that's good. Away, Spending time away from Netflix, that's good. Journaling, uh, doing some deep breathing in the car before we go into work, listening to calming music, lighting some incense. This is a new lifestyle for you to build upon Lorraine, okay? So... First thing, start to communicate to yourself, and you can do this through a coach like myself, or you can just do this on your own through just being honest and writing these things down, what's currently happening in my life that is causing me anxiety and fear, uh, where, um, how is my relationship 
life like? Did something tragic happen to me? How is my career going? Um, am I doing things to give back to myself on a regular basis, on a day-to-day basis? Um, be honest, are you overwhelmed? Are you uptight? Um, you need to just shine a light on that so that you can make the adjustments right going forward. But also stop caring when you feel like you're not in control and things are just too much. Trying to get a grip on what's going on is only going to fuel this anxiety. So listen to my podcasts, uh, listen to my videos, learn about anxiety, because the more you learn about what's going on in the brain, the more you understand when those symptoms show up, what is exactly going on in the body and you know what to do because I've talked to you about it, Lorraine. So thank you for that question. I really appreciate it. The next question comes from a YouTuber named Slicks. What is the realistic rough average recovery time for a one year plus long-term anxiety sufferer? Also, do you think anxiety is beaten in the mind or body or both? Now, Slicks, when you say beaten, I assume that you mean conquer. So do you think anxiety is conquered in the mind, you know, through cognitive tactics and strategies or through body strategies like exercise or uh, things like that or, or both? And you know what? I'd say slicks to your first question, what is the realistic rough average recovery time? For someone who's suffering one year of anxiety, I would say recovery varies. I've seen radical changes for somebody in one month. I've seen changes in two months, three months. For me, to go through recovery, I would say three months for to, for radical change to occur. And partly, when you're introducing new habits, it takes roughly three to one, three weeks to one month for a habit to become ingrained within the mind for it to become automated because the habit is something that's automated that becomes without much cognitive effort you just know what to do at this time because you've anchored in this routine and ritual okay so recovery time varies and it takes time to introduce habits but on the other side of that when you're going through this journey selects Interesting name, by the way, Slicks. I like it. When you're going through recovery, you have a goal. You have to set an aim. What are you looking towards? Who are you looking towards? Do you have a mentor? You have to learn what's really required to live the life that you want. You got to really establish what do you want in, in a year's time? What do I not want in a year's time? Like that, that's stuff you got to work out, man. And on top of the goal, on top of the vision, you have to start to progress in a direction. So you have to start to accomplish micro wins. And those micro wins are so important because those trigger your dopaminergic systems. And that system that you're triggering produces positive emotion. So you have to see yourself progressing, conquering things that you do not want to face. And that's what brings a lot of meaning into existence is when you go out into the world into a fearful situation and you make new associations 
in the brain, hey, I won't die here. Hey, I'm capable of much more. Hey, I won't faint or throw up. And you lessen your anxiety in that situation. You come back and you see yourself in a different light, little by little over time. And it may take you a dozen times in that scenario to desensitize yourself from that fear. So the foundation of an anxiety sufferer, it's built upon sand. It's rocky. There's no foundation there. So you have to build upon this identity. And like in a recent conversation I had with Rachel Luna, she says that to build on your identity, you have to change your beliefs and change your values. You have to develop them. You have to work on them. Step one of the recovery process is to take responsibility. I have a lot to learn. What I'm doing now is currently not working. The people that are currently helping me, not so helpful. The things I'm relied upon, drugs, alcohol, Dr. Google, Netflix, uh, loud metal music, whatever it is to numb and distract you from what's really going on inside, those aren't working. So being aware of that. Step two is becoming knowledgeable. You have to learn and grow. Read books that you're not accustomed to reading. What, do, what are people doing? There are so many great books out there where people have gone through the utmost tragic childhoods and lifestyles and um, circumstances and overcame them. How did they overcome them? And did they suffer from the same thing you're suffering from and how did they overcome it so you have to start from grade one and you have to you have to use them as a tool and a guide to move forward so become knowledgeable step three is setting an aim know where you're headed what does this brad look like in the future i don't know well let's what do you want in the future well i want to be like my role model uh and and be mindful or my, to have my anxiety more, be more neutral or to lose some weight or whatever it is. Step four is creating habits. There's a great quote by James Clear. Every action you take is a direct reflection of the person that you want to become. Now, this is a probably butchered, but, uh, he says something roughly like that in his book, Atomic Habits. And so pay attention to what you're doing on a daily basis, Slicks. Step six, or sorry, step five, role models, having those people that you want to become or using those people as a guide to the person that you want to become is really important. Step six is facing your fears. Step seven is accepting setbacks and failure as part of this journey. So change your actions first, Slicks, and then you change your mind, okay? I would recommend that. So when you said, when you asked me, do you think anxiety is beaten in the mind or body or both? Well, partly both, but I would say body first in the sense that start to act out the person you want to become. Okay, so start to do the meditations, start to adjust your posture and breathing because, you know, low serotonin is 
related to low posture, being hunched over, looking defeated, chin down, right? Low serotonin. But you can activate some serotonin by pushing your shoulders back and acting as if, okay? I do believe in acting as if, by the way, because you'll eventually start to believe it over time. You know, you go to the gym, what do you do, right? You run for five minutes and then you probably leave, right? But here's a great story that I want to share about somebody who who wanted just to change their life around and lose weight. They started to show up at the gym and they set a goal of staying there for five minutes each and every day. And so why I love this goal is because they're making the entrance into a habit, walking into the environment. They're making that into a habit. That is so cool. Like really, they stay for five minutes, but over time they're going to keep pushing their limits. It's just setting the, it's just completing the small goals is a huge win. Like that's, that's so huge. So establish a fitness goal, establish a diet goal. What's your career goal? And then small starting goals towards the macro goals is necessary for that meaning. The mind will be useful for envisioning a better existence. So Yes, I, I said that start to act as if, start to do things that you just don't want to do, but set the goal small enough so that you actually accomplish it. So even if it's cleaning up your apartment, cleaning up a room, or maybe not even a room, maybe your room is just too damn messy, clean up a corner of the room. That's where you have to start. And so you start by your actions start to clean up the things around you and then you can work with your mind to heal from the past to tackle past negative emotional memories and situations that you haven't dealt with before repressed emotion is there you have to uncover that emotion the next question comes from militia can you talk more about the headband technique that you spoke of in your videos for intrusive thoughts? Sending love and gratitude for your work. Um, thank you, Militia, for all of your questions on these episodes. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. So to answer your question about the headband technique, the elastic band technique where I, I would wear an elastic band on my wrist and whenever I would be in an emotional state I was not liking I would slap the band on my wrist and then change the thought to I would I would personally use an image I liked images sometimes you can use a phrase a mantra for me it was a time in my life where I felt empowered or I felt safe or I felt confident and I would replace that state because the the emotional state I was in was due to a thought or two thoughts but for me when I was suffering from anxiety I could not recall the thought that led me to the negative emotional state it just I, I couldn't there were so many thoughts so I thought well 
Whenever I'm in a state I just don't like, I'll slap the band on my wrist and then envision something pleasant for me. And so I would start to anchor in a new emotional state. And so, I, you know, I was slapping that band, Malika, a hundred times a day, so often. And I noticed in time that my thoughts, those intrusive thoughts were not so intrusive, but more so, Malika, I had more control over my thoughts than I previously thought. That was huge. It's, it's, it's simple. It's a cognitive behavioral technique. And you just change your thoughts by using this tactic of you get yourself out of your head. That's the first thing that happens when you slap the band. So you kind of come back and say, oh, you know, I'm thinking negative thoughts. So you're also shining a light on the fact that you're having a negative thought too. Because when you're so in your head, it's it's like the norm. But when you slap the band, you kind of take yourself back out of your head and go, oh, where was I? Where was I? Negative thoughts. Okay, well, how can I change the game? Okay, well, let's think of this thought that's empowering. So what's that thought for you, Malika? Like... You have to establish that and then keep bringing it to the mind. And then you, throughout your life, you're going to have many empowering thoughts. And the more, you, the more you anchor in empowering states as you move forward, then you have more, you have more in the tank to pull from to add fuel and drive to the situation that you are currently in. So if you're in an emotionally disruptive state, then pull up an accomplishment, pull up an empowering time in your life. Bam, you change the momentum, right? And soon enough, you'll catch yourself at the beginning stages of the negative emotion and before like for me i would always it was more difficult to dig myself out of a state that i was in for a day or two days or a week right it's difficult but the more you break this pattern you'll find that you'll become much much more aware of the negative states and when you are more aware, you can go, okay, I'm going to change the game. And you change it far sooner than you would have in the past. And that's where I'm going to leave you on today's podcast episode. Thank you for the great questions, everybody. Really amazing, amazing. If you haven't already, please share this podcast with somebody you know to be suffering. Um, and I recommend that you go back, re-listen to it, write down uh, notes, take them with you. This is your life. And it's time to rise above anxiety. Thank you, everybody. I will see you on the next podcast episode. Bye for now. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and 
puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery.